All right, well, I'm excited to start a new series today. Um, we, we haven't really done a bunch of series lately. I've been doing a lot of one-offs, but I'm excited to do this this fall. Just kind of, just so you know, this fall we're going to be doing an entire series over the fall. Now, we, we, I don't know if we've ever done that, but, but I just felt compelled by God to talk about wisdom. I just feel like right now in our culture... And the challenges that we're facing as a nation and the challenges we're facing as individuals, the, the things that we're dealing with in our day-to-day -day lives, whether it's the election or whether it's uh, dealing with this pandemic or, or even the tension and the challenges that come with being so close to each other sometimes. Uh, they talk about how divorce rates are skyrocketing because of the fact that people are having to spend time with each other. Isn't that crazy? I mean, isn't that crazy to think about? And so we are in a situation as a church and as a nation that we desperately need to hear from God. Amen? I mean, we do. We hear from all kinds of people and all kinds of ideas and thoughts come across our computer screen or our news feed or whatever it is. But ultimately, we need to hear from God. Because if we're followers of Jesus Christ, that means that our allegiance is to Him first and foremost. And sometimes we get that messed up, don't we? I felt like the Lord gave me this image, and I, and I wanted to share it with you as I kind of start this morning. And that is that in our lives as believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to lay a foundation that is our relationship with Jesus. That is our relationship with his word and a knowledge of that word so that we not only can know our God, but that we can also do his will. And it's important that we understand that that is the foundation of our life. There's also this other element to life, and that is that there are all of these other things that are competing for our attention and our allegiance and our loyalty. I would put them on what I call the second tier. And so you have the first tier, which is our foundation, which is our relationship with Christ and our allegiance to Jesus. Then there's the second tier, which is our loyalties and allegiance to all kinds of other things. They could be political groups. It could be causes that we're close to. It could be things that we believe in. I mean, it could be a variety of things. Even people sometimes fall in the second tier. And it's important that we understand that However important the second tier is, it's never more important than our allegiance to the first tier. Does that make sense? Whether you disagree with me or not, I'm not sure I care in the long run. I care because I want you to listen to me. But ultimately, I've resolved in my life that my allegiance is to the first tier. Regardless of what happens on the second tier, my allegiance remains on the first tier. And so my hope is, as we kind of open this series, that you will open yourself up to the possibility that we need to major in the thing that's major and stop majoring in the things that are minor. It's important we get this. Because if we don't, what happens is the enemy will 
highlight and emphasize the second tier things in our lives and it will ultimately affect our first tier relationship whether that's with God or with other people in Christ and we are called to keep our commitment to Christ Jesus and also people that are a part of his church amen and so we have to remember this that this is what God calls us to and so as we go through this series I want to just set before us two verses that I believe are helpful to us as we look at this series called Doing the Right Thing. Because isn't it true that we can know all the right things and still not do the right things? And so my heart for us today as we look at wisdom is that we really begin to understand that wisdom isn't really just knowing about stuff. Wisdom is about doing the right things. And so... Let me read this to you in Proverbs 3, verse 21 through 22. Proverbs 3, verse 21 through 22. Listen. My child, never drift off course from these two goals. These two goals. Listen. Walk in wisdom and to discover discernment. Do you see what God is saying? You have a goal in your life. And one of the goals is to walk in wisdom. And the other is to discover discernment. And these are important goals that every believer in Jesus Christ needs because the truth is, is that when we believe in Christ and maybe we're saved, usually we don't die. That means that we have a life to live. And so while we're in this world, we need to grow in wisdom and discernment so that we might navigate the challenges that we face Continuing, don't ever forget how they empower you. You want to be empowered? Get wisdom. You want to be empowered? Discover discernment. It goes on in verse 22. For they strengthen you inside and out and inspire you, and everybody say this with me, to do what's right. That was a little weak. Say it with me again. To do what's right. Our entire series is about this, about learning to do what's right. See, you will be energized and refreshed by the healing that wisdom and discovering discernment bring to your life. Are you looking to be refreshed today? Are you looking to be energized? Are you looking to be empowered? Well, the Bible says that you need to gain wisdom, that you need to learn and discover discernment. You guys with me? And then here's the other verse that I think we need to understand. And this is in James 1.5. And these will be the verses that we kind of read at the beginning of every message because they help to kind of point our attention to the point. James 1.5. If you need wisdom, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Any of you need wisdom? The Bible says that if you ask God, he'll give it to you. It's as simple as that. Are you dealing with something very difficult, challenging, a problem you don't know how to solve or deal with? The Bible says if you ask God, he'll give you wisdom. He'll give you the things you need to make the decisions you need to make. Here's the problem I've found. If we're really honest, when we make decisions, 
our first thought isn't, God, what should I do in this situation? Come on. If we're really honest, that's not. Sometimes we go ahead and respond to that email. (laughs) Sometimes we go ahead and write that post. Sometimes we go ahead and make that phone call. And God is trying to get us to see that there's a better way. And I just wonder if some of the challenges that we're facing in our life today are a result of us not hearing what God has to say to us. I don't know about you, but when I was a young man, I was fairly impulsive. Some of you may still be impulsive. But I was always getting into trouble because of that impulsivity. And the thing that I've learned is if I'll slow down enough and ask God before I act, I'm much better off. I get in a lot less trouble because I have surrendered myself to that reality. Okay, so in this season, I think it's important that we spend some time gaining greater wisdom and and making sure that we, we gain an increased desire to live consistently with the set of beliefs that we say we have. Isn't it crazy to think about that sometimes we ascribe to certain beliefs and then we live in such a way that are contrary to those beliefs? We all do it at times, but isn't it the goal of the Christian experience is to get those things in alignment? To get our our beliefs that we ascend to, to actually function in our operational beliefs as well. The things that we operate out of. And that's what wisdom is about. See, we need greater wisdom. We need right action right now. And so we're going to be spending some time in Proverbs and James. And we're going to be looking at what the Bible has to say. See, I think it's important. Because I think in this season, as Americans, as Christians... Guys, we need wisdom. We need wisdom. We need purity. We need wisdom. We need right action. Because we are living in this powder keg of tension. And it just seems like there's so much rhetoric that seems to be destroying relationships. Here, I submit to you today that we need less rhetoric and more relationship. We need less rhetoric and more relationship. Relationship with Jesus and relationship with one another. And a commitment to those relationships over our rhetoric. Because I think ultimately we create division. And you know what happens? The church and the mission loses. So we have to see this. And I want so much for us to be able to act wisely as believers. Now I just, I'll let you in on a little secret about my experience in, in, in this challenging time. Uh, I, I texted a friend of mine, another pastor, and, and I said, man, it seems like if you're not getting canceled in this culture, you're not leading. Because it feels like if you stand up for anything, somebody's going to cancel you. <laughs> you know? And so if you haven't been canceled, lady, maybe you're not standing up, I guess. Somebody is going to cancel you because that's the culture we're in. I've been accused of a variety of things during this season. I've been accused of of saying too much. I've been accused of saying too little. I've been told that that I need to stand up. And I've been told that I need to sit down. (laughs) I don't know if you've experienced any of that. 
You know, I, I think that this is the world we're living in. And, and, and I've been told that if I don't agree, then I must not care for you. If, if for example, I don't post something, then I really don't care for you. Or I care for what you care about. Come on. Perhaps I don't care about what you care about. <laughs> because what you care about is secondary to what I care about. We used to live in a world where that was okay. We don't anymore. And as believers, isn't it true it's getting increasingly more difficult to deal with those things? How do you navigate those things? How do you deal with those things? Perhaps I'm not what you're for. Because what you're for isn't in line with what the word of God says. I mean, is that possible for a believer to take that position? Perhaps I'm for what you're for, but I'm just not for the way that you're going about it. Because I've found that a lot of Christians are standing up for truth, but they are acting like pagans. They're standing up for truth, but there's no charity in their words. And that is not what God calls us to. It's so crazy to me that somehow we will, we will highlight truth and diminish love. God help us if that's where we land. Because let me say this unequivocally. That is sin if we do that. If you lift one without the other, you're in trouble. You can be all loving but have no truth and have a problem. And the converse is true as well. You can have all truth and no love and there's a problem. You get it, right? And so we have to make sure that we're holding these things in tension. It pains my heart to see believers say things that are mean-spirited and cruel simply because they want to be right. And it should pain your heart as well. In this church, we will be better than that because the word of God calls us to be better than that. See, my allegiance is to honor Jesus in all that we say and do. Isn't that yours? Isn't that what you signed up for? It's to give your allegiance to Jesus. Shouldn't that be what we're about? But say, see, here's the reality is that we live in this tension every day. And here's the secret that some of us can't quite get our head around is that that tension is never going to be resolved. There's always going to be tension. And when we spend our days trying to resolve the tension, we actually get increasingly more frustrated. The thing that we need to do is not resolve the tension. We need to steward the time. We need to steward the tension. We need to steward the things that are tense and make sure that we're acting wisely in the middle of them. You will be disappointed if you spend all of your time trying to resolve tension. You'll be better off spending time managing the tension that exists in the world and making sure that you're acting rightly, i.e. wisely. See, Pastor Stanley, Andy Stanley of North Point Church said this, and I, I thought it was so powerful, is a lot of times we're looking to answer the question, is it right or is it wrong? You know what I'm talking about. Is this right or is this wrong? And we go to make a decision based on, is it right or is it wrong? 
And I'm not saying that making a moral judgment isn't important. But I think sometimes the most important question, matter of fact, he would say that the most important question that we can ask often is not is it right or is it wrong, but is it wise? Is it wise for us to be a part of this? Is it wise for me to support this? Is it wise for me to say this? Is it wise for me to post this? Is it wise for me to act this way? Is it wise for me to go to this place? Is it wise for me to be in this relationship? Is it wise for me to support this person? That, I think, is a much more important question in these times, is is it wise? And wisdom is absolutely foundational and and it is built from the word of God. It's not just like, hey, is it wise? In other words, do I feel like it's right? No, 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 I don't care about that. I I, I personally don't even uh, uh, care about your opinion all that much. The question I have is, is is, what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say to us? And so over these next few weeks these are the kinds of things that we're going to be talking about I think you're going to find that they're very helpful very practical as you try to navigate some very difficult waters and so as Christians what's the wise thing for us to do in any given situation what's the wise thing for us to do now I want to draw our attention to Proverbs chapter 3 and I want to just start reading in verse 1 Proverbs chapter 3 This is such an amazing, amazing proverb. If you're looking for a proverb that lays it all out, this is one of them. And, 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 And this has kind of been described as like the parental appeal. Get this. In other words, it's like God the Father is saying to his kids, listen, listen up, kids. Daddy's here. And he says, I've got some, I've got some things I want to say to you. I've got some things I need to impart into your life. And so he starts in verse 1. He says, my child, my child. He doesn't say, my really intelligent kid. My, my really strong kid. My, my, you know, whatever. Whatever your superlative is, he doesn't start there. He says, my child. He puts it in its proper order. He's God. I'm not. He's father. I'm son. You get it. He says, my child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life. Don't you want that? I want that. I want a long and satisfying life. He says, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth that I've given you. Then you will have a full and rewarding life. Who doesn't want that? Verse 3. Hold on to the loyal love and don't let go. And be faithful to all that you've been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written upon your heart. That's how you'll find favor and understanding both with God and men. You will gain, listen to this, A reputation of living well. A reputation of living life well. I want that kind of reputation. I want people to call me when they have a difficult problem to deal with. 
I want people to call me when they're looking to do the next right thing. Don't you? I mean, and as believers of Jesus Christ, the way that we get there is that we honor the things that God has taught us. And so, for the remainder of our time, I want to deal with just this one idea. And that is that wisdom starts with a proper relationship with God. That is where wisdom begins. It does not begin on the news cycle. It does not begin in a conversation over coffee. It does not begin in any other place other than in a proper relationship with Jesus. It is impossible to be a representative of God and not have a relationship with God. And so we have to understand how important it is that we have this proper relationship with God. See, divine wisdom is grounded and rooted in God. In order to do the right thing, we've got to know the right one. We've got to know the one that knows everything if we're ever going to be able to have wisdom in our life. And so wisdom starts with this proper relationship with God. Two points that I'll make from that is a proper relationship with God requires fear. Now you're like, wait a second. Pastor, are you saying that I should fear God? Well, in a way... Yes. I don't think God wants us to cower in the corner, sucking our thumb, terrified of him. No, I, I don't think that's what he's getting at. This word is kind of an ancient word, and in some ways it's probably an archaic word that we don't usually talk about, we don't use anymore. But I want to read to you a few proverbs that speak very clearly to fear. Listen to this. Proverbs 9.10, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Did you see it? Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Here's one from Job 28.28. And this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. Psalm 11, I mean 111.10. Fear the Lord. It is the foundation of true wisdom. Are you starting to kind of get a point here? He keeps using this word foundation. And guess what's on the foundation? God. Not all the other things. God. Fear the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commands will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. Proverbs 1.7, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge even. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. So the Bible says if you don't embrace discipline, you are a fool. And some of you are like, don't call me no fool. I'm not. God is. <laughs> Proverbs 15.33, fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. And humility, listen, humility precedes honor. Humility, isn't that who Jesus was? Humble. The Bible says unto death he was humble. That's our example. And so, so what, 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 what am I talking about? See, the fear of the Lord is a, is a reverence for God. It's a desire to have him above all other things things all other people 
It's, it's to say, God, I revere you. I love you most of all. When you walk into the room, I am moved and overwhelmed because of your greatness. I think sometimes what's happened in our lives is we've reduced our God and we've increased our problems. And anytime that happens, all the things that we're talking about go away. And so, in order to have wisdom, we have to have a proper relationship with God. And that starts with reverence. It starts with a fear of the Lord as our foundation. Because that's where we find wisdom and humility and all of the things that we long for. And even discernment. And then finally, the second thing that we need to have as we look to have a proper relationship with God is a proper relationship with God requires trust. It requires trust. Listen to this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm showing you a lot of scripture because I don't want you to think I'm making this stuff up. This is not just your preacher having a bad day or wanting to just say something from the pulpit. I'm trying to give you what the word says. And you can argue with it and you can, you can do all the things you want but this is what God's word is saying to us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. Listen to this. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you, listen, in every decision you make. He doesn't say in a few of them. He doesn't say that. He says in every decision that you make, God will lead you. And he's right there. And sometimes all we have to do is reach in faith to trust that he's there. And he's going to show up and he's going to give us exactly what we need to say. Exactly what we need to do. If we would simply honor that relationship. Verse 6. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. And he will lead you wherever you go. You can't know the heart of God if you don't know God. If you have no intimacy with the Father, it is very difficult to know the things that God is committed to and then to share them with the world. You'll be guessing. And is that what we want? Don't think for a moment that you know it all. Come on. That was my little happy dance. <laughs> because how often do we think we know everything? We're the smartest person in the room. We're the smartest person online. And if we don't say something, this world's going down. They need me. My friends, God wants you involved, not because he needs you. He wants you involved because he loves you. God is self-contained. He has no needs. And so, don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him. Listen, when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong, then you will find the healing refreshment in your body 
and your spirit that you long for. Did you notice that? Did you notice that you receive healing when you know God? Did you notice that you receive healing when you're aware of wisdom and discernment? Man, that's strong. It's not just that I say the right things. It's not just that I do the right things. It's that I also am receiving the healing of God in my life. Glory. Glorify God with your all your wealth. Honor Him with your best, with every increase that comes from you. Then every, look at this, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's hitting you the way I want it to. Because normally that would be like, Woo! Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want inner joy in the middle of all kinds of chaos? Happiness comes from happenstance. When things are good, you're happy. When things are bad, you're not. Joy comes from Jesus. It is consistent. And it's something that you can always have no matter how bad it is. I tell you, I'm... I'm preaching better than y'all responding. I tell you that. It says, trust the Lord completely. Do you trust Him? Or do you just give Him lip service? Do you trust Him? Trust means that you don't just trust Him in the church house, but you trust Him in the marketplace. You trust Him in your jobs. You trust Him at home. You trust Him in your marriage. You trust Him in your relationships. You trust Him in all of the decisions that you make. And anything that encroaches on that gets pushed away. See, the wise are characterized by understanding, patience, diligence, trustworthiness, self-control, and modesty. You know, I sometimes think that people forget that self-control is actually a spiritual gift. I mean, a, a fruit of the Spirit. Did you know that? Did you know that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit? Some of us need to have some self-control in this season. We need to grow in wisdom. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us some self-control so, so that we might not bring disgrace on the name of Christ. I love what Henrietta Mears says. She says, we can't say we believe in Jesus and live like the devil. Otherwise, we show that we really have no faith at all. I think that's true. And so, the wisdom that we demonstrate to the world comes from this proper relationship with Jesus that involves an understanding of reverence for God and a trust in God. Now, the thing I want to end with is this. You may or may not know this, but in the Hebrew, the word translated trust, and it actually is true in the Greek as well, can also mean belief or faith. Get this. Trust can mean belief or faith. A proper relationship with God requires faith, doesn't it? Faith in Jesus. The Bible says that the only thing that really pleases God is faith. 
And so we have to remember that that's where it starts. That if you ever hope to have a proper relationship with God, it starts with faith. It starts with a belief that God is who he says he is. That Jesus is who he says he is. And that he's done what he says he'll do. And so what I want to ask you to do today is not only begin to position yourself in proper relationship with God through a proper fear of the Lord, i.e. reverence for God, and also a trusting of God. But I want you to, again, put your faith and trust in Him. I believe that this is a word for somebody in this room Perhaps it's for somebody on the other end of this camera. Put your faith in Jesus. Don't put your faith in something else. Your faith should be in Jesus. God, I ask as we pray together, I ask that you would forgive us for putting anything ahead of Jesus. God, would you forgive us for putting our faith in the government? Forgive us for putting our faith in man, for putting our faith in people. Forgive us, God, for putting our faith in policy. Forgive us, God, for putting our faith in these things. Now, they're important, but God, our faith is in you. And so, Lord, we ask that you would forgive us and that you would help us keep you at the center of our lives. Everything that we say, everything that we do, would be submitted to your purpose, your will, and your word. Now that I, I know that there's probably somebody in this room or maybe on the other side of this camera that's never put their faith in Jesus. Perhaps even as I talked to you, you weren't sure that that was true of your life. And it may be the reason why you're so confused. It may be the reason why you don't seem to feel like you have the wisdom to make decisions or, or gain greater discernment. Because all of those things come from a relationship with God. The amazing thing is, is that Jesus came into this world to die for our sins so that we might be put in proper relationship with God. And I don't know if you know that. I don't know if that's your story. But the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that he will come in and he will save you. He will transform you and he will begin to impart wisdom into your life that you have never experienced before. And so I ask you today, do you know him? And if you don't, I just want to offer a prayer for you. 
And so anybody that would like to take that step of faith, just pray this prayer. Church, we're all going to pray it together, but, but let's pray this prayer together. And all I ask is that you put your faith and trust in God that you mean what you're about to say. Let's say these words together. Lord Jesus, I need you. I ask your forgiveness. Will you be my Savior? Will you be my Lord? Change me from the inside out. Give me all the wisdom I can handle so that I might serve you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? Yeah.